And welcome to StoundingTheLight.com, the place where you can connect to real artists, real stories, real talk. My name is Tara Tucker. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a great interview to play in just a few minutes. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for joining me. I am very happy to have you. And uh, if you've been here before, thank you for coming back again. I hope that you have a cup of hot coffee or hot chocolate or whatever it is that you like to drink when it's a little bit chilly outside, because it is chilly out there right now. (laughs) And it's a beautiful day. And I'm very excited because not only do I have a really great interview to share with you in just a minute, uh, but we are also, my family and I will be taking this afternoon and uh, going up to the North Georgia mountains. Uh, We take this trip every year so that we can go get Georgia mountain apples. Best thing ever on a fall day. (laughs) And I love getting a couple bushels of those nice, crisp, sweet, juicy, tangy apples and bringing them back and making a huge batch of applesauce that I can can so we can have it throughout the year. Uh, Okay, so enough about apples, right? (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. It is Brian Scoggin, the drummer for Casting Crowns, and I was very happy to uh, have him on the line. He actually was kind enough to take some time to talk to me while they were on tour uh, doing some concerts and stuff, so... I so enjoyed uh, what he had to say. He was just very open about his life experiences, experiences on the road and uh, with his family and how he met Jesus. So I'm very excited to share it with you. Uh, Hang on. We are just about to start the interview with Brian Scoggin. We're in Enid, Oklahoma, which is, uh, I guess, about an hour or so north of Oklahoma City. Wow. So did you have a uh, concert last night? We did. Last night we were in... um, about an hour north of Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, awesome. So we uh we're we're in the middle of a tour right now that is that is it's kind of an off season tour because our new you know we don't have a brand new studio album out right now. Uh-huh. Um, so the next the next big kind of a market tour, if they call it, will be the fall of 2016. Okay. So uh, yeah, so right now we're kind of doing like B and C markets, which is actually a lot of fun. I, I enjoy these a lot. Are they smaller venues? So a little bit small, you know, when you do your A markets, a lot of your venues here in like the major uh, arenas, so the hockey and the NBA. Yeah. And they can see, you know, lots and lots of folks. Um, and sometimes you have lots and lots of folks, and sometimes you you <laughs> don't, even though you're in the big room. So Yeah. <laughs> um, these are cool because you're looking at around, you know, three to 4,000 every night. Uh-huh. It's a good, good number. You can actually you know? see the faces of the people you're playing and singing yeah. to. <laughs> That's cool. Y'all have also been working on a new worship album called A Live Worship Experience uh, that is coming out November 13th. Talk about that a little bit. Um, We did. We did some crown songs that have never been recorded live. Awesome. And then we did six songs that are are just, you know, some of the popular songs in the church right now. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. It turned out pretty nice. We, we, We went with a new guy on our mix. Um, who's, who's been mixing a lot of things lately that have had a lot of success. Uh-huh. Um, and we really like the way it sounds. Just the sound of the album is a little a little different, and we like it. Where do you guys usually get your stuff done? Usually everything's done right in Franklin, Tennessee. Nice. Uh, Mark Miller is the guy who who discovered the band, and so he uh, kind of it's kind of been in-house. 
mm-hmm. for, for the entire time the band's been, you know, signed. When you guys go into a studio, do you just get all your songs done in one fell swoop, or, or you know, do you do them no, one at a time? No, it's, it's a long, because, you know, because everybody's, the, the Crowns revolves around, really, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set up to do that, and so, you know, we we have a nice schedule for Thursday, Friday, Saturday to be gone and out on the road doing concerts, but it's kind of tough to schedule making the album. Um because it, it should take a lot, a big block of time yeah. to go and knock it out, but you just don't have it. So it's usually stretched out over a month or two of just the tracking, you know, just mm-hmm. maybe not quite two months, maybe about a month of just going up back and forth and knocking out a one or two here and the writing stuff. Mark, you know, Mark's writing everything, so, and always has. So he works with other writers. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll, um, you know, co- do a lot of co-writes and stuff. Matthew West has been one he's worked with a lot. And awesome. Bernie Hearn, Bernie's Natalie Grant's husband, so he's a composer. Um, and he's produced a lot of stuff. So he he and Mark have traditionally written together a lot, too. Um, and I've, I heard Mark told me that he and Joel Houston are writing for our next record right oh, now. Oh, really? So we'll, see, we'll see what comes of that. I mean, you know, not, not every song you write with somebody you record, but uh-huh. it'd be cool, you know, to see what, what comes of that. So. so, Brian, let's talk a little bit about your personal life. Um, let's okay. start with where you were born. I was born in, uh, not too far from, you know, where we live now. I was born up in uh, Riverdale, Georgia. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, uh, I guess it's called Southern Regional now, the hospital. Oh, I had one of my babies there. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I was born there, um, and I was born there in, in 82, October 26th of 82. Nice. Hey, so you just, you're, it's right up around the corner. Actually, by the Monday. time we put this out, it's, it will have been, you know, just this past Monday. So, well, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Um, and do you have any, you know, memories as you're growing up that stand out as like the funniest or the worst? Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I was born and then two years later, my brother came along, um, my parents weren't married when I came along, uh-huh. um, but got married, you know, because of that kind of. And so their marriage lasted about six years. Um, and then they divorced. Um, so my mom and my little brother and I ended up moving down to Florida. Wow. Where, um, it's a big move. Where my grandparents lived. Yeah. So I spent a big portion of my childhood living in central Florida, which is crazy because that's where the band is based out of, not Central Florida, but Daytona Beach, Florida. Right, that's so, funny. So, you know, we were a couple hours away from each other, you know, growing up, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, we didn't, mom, you know, being a single mom, didn't graduate college, there wasn't a ton of money to always, you know, have our own place. So, we lived with my grandma a lot, my grandma and grandpa. And so in the house also was my uncle, who was still a teenager. He was six years older than me. Um, exactly. He's, our birthday's the same day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's so lots of fun. You got this guy who's six years older than me that I just want to hang. He's like a big brother, really. I just yeah. want to hang out with him all the time. Of course, he doesn't want me to hang out with him. But he let me some, you know. Right. And so, so the best memories growing up, honestly, were just, you know, hanging out together with the family, just sitting around the house. We always were into something or talking or sitting around the table, standing mm-hmm. around the kitchen, 
um, those are the best. And what I've realized now growing up, the you know, sometimes not having a lot of resources is a blessing for a family because mm-hmm. it causes you to be a family. Yes. Um, and when you have a lot of resources and you have a lot going on and you're very busy working all the time to maintain whatever lifestyle it is you want to maintain, you you stop being a family. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, we I even see that now in my family. We're great, but sometimes I wish that I just didn't have so much going on um, just simply for the reason of I wish I had a little bit more of what I had as a kid. I wish mm-hmm. my kids had that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I've heard this saying, and you've heard too, that, you know, you, you work really hard to try to give your kids everything that you did have, but yes, um, it's easy to not give them what you did have, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Some of that. So the best memories were that just just hanging out, being at grandma's house, fussing or fighting with my uncle, or getting along <laughs> or laughing at each other, or, you mm-hmm. know, crazy stuff like that. Was your was anybody in your family musical? That came all that came from my dad's side. Hmm. Um, my dad was um, a drummer in a band when my mom and him met, um, and so I grew up around it you know, the first at least five or six years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I would just see it when I would visit dad, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's where it came from. His parents were super musical. They, you know, he grew up singing and, and, uh, probably more or less juke joints and stuff with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my grandpa played keyboards, mm-hmm. my grandmother sang, and she had this crazy, loud, powerful voice. And she just didn't need a microphone for her in a small room. And she just got over the fan and everything. She could really, like, belt it out. So, yeah, and then Dad played drums. And um, I just was around all the time. I spent many summers visiting him while he was at work all day. My brothers, I don't know what he was into. I was ignoring him because I was in Dad's drum room with the radio coming out of the headphone jack plugged into a guitar amp that I could oh, turn up yeah. loud. Oh, yeah. And I would just play to every song that came on the radio station. Oh, I bet the neighbors loved that. <laughs> well, we were, we were kind of out in the country, so it, was, it oh, wasn't good. a big deal, you know. <laughs> Single-wide trailer out on a little bit of land. And we were, it was just me and my brother all day, every day of the summer. You know? Oh, and man. So, you know, we I'd do that, and that's, that's kind of how I learned to play drums, was playing to the the rock radio station that, <laughs> that I could listen to. Yeah. Well, so what was your first actual gig as a drummer? Funniest thing, uh, first actual gig was me and some friends of mine in middle school would jam in my friend's bedroom, and so we formed a quote-unquote band. We did, I never had a name. We just were a band, I guess. The band. And we showed up at his mom's elementary school where she was a teacher, and they were having like some kind of world's fair where, where all the where all the parents would come and see the kids work. And, you know, it was kind of that idea. Yeah. They called it a world fair. I guess it was something to do with that scene. But uh, she she was a little different, too, I guess. <laughs> she thought it would be good for these four kind of uh, grungy middle school, because we were into that, to set up at the school and jam for, <laughs> like, we had no connection, just random, like the kids that, there were the teenagers that you didn't want your little kids around, but she thought it would be that different jam. And so we set up at the school. We hauled all our stuff down. She helped us. And we set up kind of like in a breezeway. It was concrete walls, but it was just like a tunnel kind of hallway. through the. Through so you this, had some uh, awesome acoustics area. in there. 
it was amazing. We had never experienced it. So when we set the drums up, and when I started playing a beat, it was just like, oh my goodness. And I remember like the guy who was the singer turned around. He's like, get up. I want to play. <laughs> it was like, you had to play these drums. They were so huge in this, you know, this tunnel. Um, but we started jamming for a minute. The resource officer walked by. And he was kind of like, hey, good job, guys. Oh. And so we were like, hey, this is good. Well, First good. Game. We don't even really know what we're doing, but people like it. Yeah, nobody's kicking you out. <laughs> and then the principal came. Oh. The, yeah, the principal came by and he's like, what what is going on? Who are y'all? I mean, what are you doing here? And so that was the end of the gig. We, we oh, lasted about no. five minutes. Oh, that's yeah, sad. Yeah, it was about five minutes long. <laughs> no, but Your first brush with stardom. Besides that, jamming in the bedroom with a friend, you know, uh, the first time really ever playing was, was at church. I became a Christian when I was 14. Really? Yeah, it was one of those summers where I was living in the South. We would move to Southwest Florida. Um, it, was, it was getting close to time to come visit Dad. Uh, where we live now, right near Griffin, Georgia. And uh, I got in some trouble um, <laughs> and decided to come up a little early, a couple weeks early. Mm-hmm. And Dad picked me up. Um, so as soon as we got back into town, um, the church that he was attending was having like a revival at this time. And so we wished to to church. And Dad was like playing in the, the worship band and stuff. Nice. Um, he had moved to piano by this time. Dad had learned piano oh, and kind of take piano cool. at the church. Yeah. And he plays piano for me every Sunday at my church. Still. No way. Yeah, every week he plays piano. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I came and I'd had so many experiences going to church. We kind of were just popping around. We'd go to church. So we were we were Christians, but we weren't. Uh, you know, we believed in God. We believed that Jesus was God's son. Mm-hmm. We did not in any way live for him or, you know, we, we needed him. Mm-hmm. We were lost. Um, so uh, I had had many experiences where as a kid, I would be sitting in the church and start to cry because I felt like mm-hmm. God, God was doing something in my heart, but I didn't, I just would be emotional. Um, but then when I would leave, I'd just be a kid again. I'd be crazy, you know, and not really... I didn't have anything discipling me or keeping me close to, to God's Word. So um, I had many experiences where I went to an altar and prayed and then it, but then I just didn't live it. Mm-hmm. I didn't didn't seek God on my own. But uh, after a couple nights of this revival, man, God, it was the same old thing. Hearts beating like crazy. It's invitation <laughs> time. I respond. I go forward. I'm emotional. And I prayed and I'm in it. And I went back to my seat. And then I heard something that I'd never heard before. It had to have been from God. I heard it so clear with my, I guess, in my heart that it sounded like I heard it with my ears. Hmm. And it was the words, uh, son, don't go back. Wow. Uh, and that's the disconnect every time. I always just kind of went back to whatever it is I was doing. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd never heard that before. And, and so... Literally, I just obeyed in that moment. I, I made the commitment to do it by walking down to the front and saying, Dad, I'm going to live with you. And that was crazy because me and Dad weren't really, like, close. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he loves me, but he was very young, and um, we didn't get together much. I might hear from him a couple times a year on the phone, and then I would come spend the, the summers with him, you know. And, mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't like, I mean, he tried his best, but it wasn't like, we just had some great relationship, you know. Yeah. Uh, mom was everything, you know. Mom would, uh, mom sacrificed everything to, to raise me and my brother on nothing, you know. And 
so they had always, you know, dad would always say, I wish you'd come live with me. I wish you'd come live with me. And there was just no way I was leaving mom. So when, when I heard that and I said, dad, I'm going to stay with you, he was forward, you know, um, but then I had to call mom that night. Mm, wow. I bet that was tough. And that, that, yeah, I mean, that was obeying what I heard God tell me to do was stay here and you got to call your mom and tell them that you're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I called her and it was just like, it was like a bomb went off in my life and in hers and our, and our relationship. It was an intimate mom. You know, it was like you could crawl up in her lap and she'd love you. And, and it was, it was that it was what it should be. Yeah. And it just, it just stopped. I mean, it wasn't her fault either. I mean, it happened to both of us. Like it hurt, wow, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, um, we're great now. Um, but that's what, it was. A, it took many years, for, I guess, for her to not be so hurt. Mm-hmm. But God has done a lot in my mom's life too, um, since then and through then, through that, um, and she's in a great place. But that was tough. That was that was the first step in following Jesus. Was like literally hmm. changing my location, wow. and it meant you know it, it hurt. It hurt really bad too. Um, but I thank God He's blessed me so much because just because of that first step of obedience, He's been so so very good to uh, me and giving me a family and, you know, this ministry. It's been awesome. So you are a husband and a father, right? Yeah. How many kiddos you got? I got I got two sons. Um, Brady is nine and Max is seven. Nice. Um, um, my wife's name is Ivy and uh, she's from Griffin. Awesome. We, she was a senior in, at Griffin High School when I was a freshman at Griffin High School. So, um, <laughs> so you were older. older. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, and, you know, she was just a good, solid Christian girl. I, <laughs> you know, neither was she. She actually dated through high school. Uh, the guy, when you talk about first gig, this is the guy who kind of gave me my first legitimate first gig really? playing <laughs> at an event, you know, with a band. Awesome. Yeah, we became friends. <laughs> And they were dating through high school. And that's why I knew her. And then you went and stole his girl. Well, I feel because they were done for years after uh-huh. that all came about. <laughs> so there's no bad blood there? Yeah, not at all. No, actually, he lives he lives out west now. And the last time I was out there, not the last time, but one of the times I was out there, we hung out. We were great. We were awesome. Um, yeah, he's married and doing great, too. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those things where, where um, he... I saw him. We, in Griffin, we had something called GAS, and it was it's for Griffin area students. Mm-hmm. Um, and every couple of months um, during the school year, there would be rallies. So there'd be three or four rallies a year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was a band. And it was called the GAS Band. And it was just volunteers, you know, like guys, you know, whatever. And so I saw him. I showed up at one of these rallies because here I am in a brand-new town. Um, this was the summer that I got saved. It was between eighth grade and ninth grade. So I started high school knowing no one. Wow. Also trying to be a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and not just go jump in any crowd that would accept me. And living with your dad instead of your mom. What a what a huge change all the way around. Yeah. Loneliness wow. was the theme of high school for me. Oh, good. And that's okay because looking back, I realized that before God does anything in anybody's life, even even in his word, you know, with Moses, and even with Jesus, it was this extended time of loneliness mm. that God just prepared him, you know? Yeah. Um, and so hmm. that's, that was my time was high school. And so 
I can remember showing up at a gas rally, though, going like, well, it's a Christian thing. It's kind of cool when we show up at it. You know, so I show up knowing no one standing in the room. And I hear one of the most beautiful female voices I've ever heard. Uh, and I was stunned. And it was Lizzie, uh, Lizzie Harding at the time, Lizzie Bailey now. She, oh, my goodness. Yes, I've had her on this show. Yeah, I mean, she's right in town with us. Um, and she's, she's now a great friend. She sings at church with us on Sundays. Awesome. Um, um, but it was just like, I heard her voice and I was like, wow, you know. Uh, and then I saw this dude playing guitar and I was like, wow, he sounded so good. And so the next day at school, I got the nerve up to like, <laughs> I saw him in the hall. I, I, I went over and I was like, hey man, you sounded awesome last night on guitar. And he's like, thanks man. I was like, I play drums. And I was like, I also play like percussion, like hand drums and congas and stuff. And that was a ticket. Uh, and I don't know why I ever learned that stuff, but like that was God used it because He goes, "You play, you play percussion." Hmm. I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Dude, you got to come to the next guest band practice. We need like a percussionist, you know, like a guy playing all the extra stuff." <laughs> and so it happened. Like that was the beginning. God used him to uh, through that was I met every person that ended up I met Mark Hall, you know, and, wow. and years later, like that that initial meeting in the the hallway uh, at high school led to I mean God used it you know? that's amazing so, yeah well we got here because I was talking about my wife which is weird <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right yeah so she's Ivy um, we went to high school together just for one year um, she was a good girl and I you know we weren't really each other's type <laughs> um, that happens more often than not I think yeah yeah I mean you know I I don't know even how to say this. She, she, by the time we, we met, for real, like, she was finishing up a master's degree in wow. speech pathology. So, like, being oh my a speech goodness. therapist. Yeah. So, that's what she does now. But I had just dropped out of college. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was just like, and, and, and she was like, had it together, you know, had the family thing. And I was just kind of like, I was playing with a band at the time, a band called According to John. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that. John mm-hmm. Waller. Yeah, and that's, you know, Jason Ford Jason and all Ford. those guys. Um, we were all in a band together. Um, that's where me and Jason became, you know, close friends was through that band. But so so she had everything together. And, but I ended up going to church with my dad one night. She went to church, the same church he did. And they were having like a spaghetti dinner and uh, just bumped into her. And she was single and had been for a while. And I was single and had been for a while. And you could tell it was like, <laughs> it was on, like the whole flirty thing was going down, you know, you could just, my dad was even like, dude, I think that girl likes you. <laughs> and so, uh, we just started hanging out kind of every day from there, you know, and, and so a couple of times I could tell like she was getting serious and I still like, we weren't going to type and I was just like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of times I was like, I don't think we should hang out anymore because this is getting a little much, you know, <laughs> which is terrible. Well, I mean, at least you're really, by the, I'm sure by the time that you got to the point where you were asking her to marry you, you were sure <laughs> because of all the times that you oh, sort of yeah. backed off. <laughs> yeah. We, we, the crazy thing is we were both reading The Purpose Driven Life um, uh-huh. and we happened to both be on the same chapter, which means that we started the book on the same day, you know, because it's a funny. chapter day book. Kind of crazy. So that is. I got to the chapter that it talked about, I don't even remember the chapter, but I remember the content of the chapter was valuing what God values. Mm-hmm. And that started, that started to really make me look inward. Um, because we had, I just told her that it's probably not a good idea that we hang out anymore. 
I, I was feeling bad. I felt like I did something wrong, <laughs> but I, I didn't know why. Um, so when I started asking myself that, I was standing out on this rickety old porch and this, like, basically a pole barn wrapped in metal that I lived in. Um, <laughs> she, I started asking myself this question, like, God, what do you value in a girl? And words started just coming to me. Hmm. Words like, you know, faithful and compassionate and loyal and, mm. you know, beautiful on the inside, um, trustworthy, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah, good solid character kind of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's what God values about a person is all, all these, these things, these fruits of what come from just knowing Him. And I started comparing them to this whole fleece list of things that I was looking for in a girl, which were totally carnal. You know, Mm -hmm. they were totally outward and I was just like, whoa. So, so that night, um, actually I think it was the next night. I think I kind of slept on it for a night. Um, (laughs) I called her and I said, uh, I got to tell you something. And she's like, what is it? And I was out of town. Um, I just left. And I said, uh, unless you change and become a different person, I'm going to marry you. And it was wow. just like that. Because we were like even hanging out talking, and it was just like, did one. Um, and God really confirmed that, just kind of like he did with me when he said, don't leave. He just confirmed. And so from hmm. that day forward, it was like, this is it, you know. And God is blessed. I mean, now, like, we're great. Like, we are totally each other's type. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, things are great. But, yeah, it was just, it was such a good thing. And that's every good thing that's ever happened in life, I didn't earn or go work for. It's just God just blessed me with it. Hmm. You know, that's the place that I don't ever want to leave. I, I I could easily, I see right now that the more that you, you seem like you're blessed with, you can start putting up little walls uh, in your life and yeah. you can try to start controlling things. Yep. And like, God, you can have, but this is, I got to have this. And I've never gotten anything good from doing that. It's always just been a complete seek first the kingdom and he will give you mm. all these other things will be added. Um, you know, and, <laughs> yes. and that's just kind of where it's always been. And I just, I, I pray that I can always stay there and even return there now because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I've drifted even lately, you know? Mm-hmm. So how long have you guys been married? Um, we've been married 11 and a half years. Oh, a little great. longer than that. Now we'll, we'll celebrate 12 years on Valentine's Day next year. Aww. We did the cheesy Valentine's you Day. You did it wedding. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. <laughs> um, she was working at the school system in, in Griffin there at the time. Uh-huh. And fall break, or winter break, I guess, um, happened the weekend after. Um, and it was like Saturday was, was uh, Valentine's Day, and then the next week they had off. Mm-hmm. And so that was the reason. It was like, we got to get married on Saturday, obviously, because that's what everybody does, right? So, so we got married on a Saturday, and then the next week for the honeymoon, she naturally had off for fall break. So uh-huh. that's why it was the day. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of what we did. Uh, <laughs> we we had to get married between one of my semesters in college and then, you know, when the next one started. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fit it in there. It's not, it's not quite as romantic as it sounds when you're growing up. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we took a, a honeymoon. We went down to Cancun nice. for like three days because... It was kind of what we could afford, but it was yeah. also, I was supposed to come back, and I was supposed to play drums with a worship band for some conference uh-huh. that was going to be good, like I needed, we needed the money, right? So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, it was a good gig or whatever. Um, and so we we cut our honeymoon kind of short to make sure I could be back because I'd already also committed to it. Um, and then while we're in Cancun, I don't even know how. I guess I got a voicemail or something um, saying that the conference had been canceled and that oh. they that there was no work. Oh <laughs> so no! We got jipped on a honeymoon. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was okay. I, I, when I when I talked to young couples, uh-huh. our honeymoon was a was somewhat awkward because. We got we we'd only dated after, after a month of hanging out we got engaged, <laughs> and then six months later we got married. Wow! So we had only even been talking to each other for seven months total. Oh goodness! And so like then you're thrown into a honeymoon. It was just kind of oh, like yeah. this is just kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I always recommend. I'm like unless you, I don't know. I was like maybe take a quick honeymoon, go to Gatlinburg or something, right? right? And then. <laughs> On your one-year anniversary, plan it out. Go have you a big escapade somewhere off, you know, out of the country or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or the mountains or something. Right. But, yeah, we would have done it differently had we have known how awkward it was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Every year in September, the band is in Orlando for one of the Christian festivals. So there's two of them that happen. Yeah. There's Rock the Universe at Universal and then there's Night of Joy at Disney, and they do them the same weekend. Okay. So basically what we've been uh, privileged enough to do is just rotate between the two every year. So nice. like we do Disney one year, Universal. So this year was a Universal year. So every year, it's it crowns kind of does it as like a, a band vacation. So everybody in the band, everybody on our crew gets to bring their family and they have the room paid for from like Wednesday to Saturday awesome. or Sunday morning. Yeah. So you just go down and you enjoy the park and you, you have a good time and do the concert on Saturday night. You know, it's, it's just a blast. That is great. Yeah. So my kids, been cool. they've been at the theme parks like for years now, <laughs> you know, every year. At least once a year. <laughs> I bet they have their favorite rides that they just automatically go to now. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> Especially at Universal because they're my oldest is coaster junkie, so oh. you just I mean, we don't ride it once. We ride it like five times. <laughs> you know. You have to fast pass it the whole way. We got the fast pass, you just on it. You know, there's a reason that lines are there because your body needs to recover <laughs> before you ride it again. <laughs> like I'm still clammy and then I'm on it again, you know. So, oh, that's good stuff. But he's he's nonstop. He even like the Last two years ago, when we played, um, he had he sweet talked the security guards, <laughs> so he had like a personal escort. He was just on it over Woo-hoo. and over and over again <laughs> by himself. Me and his mom were like, "We're oh, done. <laughs> if you don't mind taking them, take him." But we're done. And he's good stuff. Off. That's a smart kid. Smart kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and good for you guys. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking as you were talking about you know going down to Orlando and and doing all this touring stuff. You get to see the band about as much as you, you know, hang out with your family. So how is that when you are a band of pseudo brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Is it like a family? Do you guys, you know, kind of scrap sometimes yeah. and then yeah. get along? And of I mean, course. is it, you know, how is that? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's something you have to be intentional about. You uh-huh. have to you have to be a little more intentional about it than you probably are with your family. Because mm-hmm. with your family, you know, you kind of let your attitude fly a little bit, which is not <laughs> yes. good, but you do, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I hear you just have to keep it in check a little more because they're not your family, mm-hmm. and they won't put up with you like your family puts up with you, right? Right. Um, but but there is, 
but there is very much a sense of family. Um, man, I've been around a lot of bands. Um, I have a lot of friends in bands and I've heard more than once when they, when my friends are out with us, they say that, man, y'all have something special. There's mm. this bond. There's this friendship. Y'all enjoy sitting in the same room and talking and hanging out, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's great. You know, you don't see each other like, you know, we're out on the road today for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting right now in a dressing room by myself. There's no one here. Nice. You know? Yeah. You get a little bit of breathing space. Yeah. You're still in the same building. You know, you, mm-hmm. if you go on the bus, you're going to see folks. Usually they're crowded. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so when you get home, it, uh, for me, it takes my wife just being amazing that this mm-hmm. works, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, she, she holds it down. She's the glue, you know, yeah. that makes it, she got the plan. She knows what's going on. She's making sure that the kids, everything's lined up because she homeschools the kids. So, wow, you know, yeah. So, I mean, she's every day, there's a plan. She's, she's teaching and then she works Thursdays and Fridays for half a day. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know how she does it. She has way more discipline and strength <laughs> than I do. And it's because of her that our family gets to, to do this ministry. And, you know, because if she wasn't down, it would be the Lord closing the door. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you are also, outside of, you know, being the drummer for Casting Crowns and doing all this touring and, and the busyness of your life, you are also a youth pastor. Is that right? Yeah, you know what? I, I've been at Rock Springs Church uh, right there. You know, it's actually technically Milner, Georgia. But uh-huh. for the first five years of our marriage, um, I was a full-time youth pastor there. Wow. Um, so from 2004 to 2009. And then I joined the band in 2009. And so it was five years of kind of part-time mm-hmm. as a youth pastor, you know, which uh, which is tough because we had to hire guys to come in and kind of fill the gaps. So they're there 40 hours a week. They're there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're you're more out of the loop. You, you're not as involved in the planning and the hanging, because youth ministry especially is about hanging and relationships. Yes. So you're just not there. Yeah. So over the course of the years, I started to get more and more detached. And it was really like, because they were doing a great job with it. And it was more like, this isn't mine anymore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was crazy. I started hearing word of, in staff meetings about, starting a new service where like a contemporary style service where mm-hmm. the music's going to be a little different. And so we wanted a guy like between, you know, maybe from his thirties into his fifties, somebody who'd have some professional music experience who wasn't going to be overwhelmed by any song that was coming up. And so I'm asking around, I'm calling friends and I'm, you know, asking everybody, no one, no one has anybody in mind. And so, uh, I talked to Mark about it, Mark Hall. And I said, like, you got anybody at your church? you feel like might be good for this? He's like, not really, man. He's like, what about you? He's like, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I'm qualified, nor I don't mm-hmm. think I have the time. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it can all rest on me. And he's like, well, we're always home on Sunday. I was like, well, you're right. So the more I started praying about it, I was like, man, I really do think it's supposed to be me. You know, mm-hmm. I have some things to learn. Some, you know, I'm a drummer. So keys and notes <laughs> and stuff don't apply to me. Right. <laughs> but they have to now. I have to make sure I know them too. <laughs> For the rest of the guys. So, uh, man, so I called Benny and I was like, Benny, uh, that position that we were trying to fill, I, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to do it. And he just goes, 
Son, I was thinking someone just like you the whole time. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was, it was like, he didn't want to just say it, you know, but yeah, so that's, it, that's been the last year and a half. I've okay. just been the music director at the branch service at Rock Springs. And, and that, it helped me to realize, like, the local church, that's, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Like, touring with crowns is amazing. It is a platform and a privilege that is just such a blessing. Um, but honestly, there will come a day when it when it will have to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church will not be over. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Um, that is, it helped me to see, like, this helps me see even more, like, oh, yeah, what we all are trying to avoid because we're trying to tour, we're trying to be on the radio. The the one thing, Louis Giglio actually told me this when I was young. Um, he said, man, there's a line a mile long at every stage, the next person trying to be Chris Tomlin. He said, but no one's lining up at the church to serve. Oh, man. He just, I was a kid when he told me that. You know, I was a wow. teenager. yeah. And it just always stuck with me. Yeah. That's it's got your the church has got your back more than being an artist and the radio and the industry, which is all good. But the church has really got your back. Rock Springs has just been so good to me. They've been I've never they don't it's not a micromanaged place as far as coming from a staff position. Mm-hmm. It's never been. Um, it's always been a, hey, we want to treat you right and we want you to do your job. We want your ministry to succeed. And if if there's all kinds of problems going on in your ministry, it probably means you're not doing your job, so it'll tell on itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so they've been really gracious to me. I'm not in the office much at all, but, you know. That's great, because it's so easy to get burned out, um, you know, if you're being, if you feel like you've got to do so much, then, you know, and then give more, and then give more, and, and you know, I mean, obviously yeah. God gives grace and passion for what He calls you to, but, you know, but there is that place where you can hit the burnout. Totally. And I'm a type too, like touring is a good thing for me because, you know, when I was full time, going to the office every day and spending the day in the office was like totally not good for me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't work well. I'm not creative. I have to leave and go for a drive. Or So being in a new spot every day, uh-huh. it keeps me fresh. Nice. Like, I think it keeps me have the right perspective, even on church. Because you can get, you, you can just do the same thing for so long. And totally lose perspective yes. on what it is you're even doing. Oh, yeah. You know? So. That actually brings me to uh, another question, and this one will probably have to be our last, but um, because your life is so centered around, you know, music and worship and all of this, is there times where, you know, like you were just saying, things can sort of become humdrum? How do you not let your worship become humdrum? Man, that's a that's a good question um, because it it can. Mm-hmm. I've always had the problem being a musician um, of going to church and listening to the music and not worshiping along with the music. Um, if it's bad, I'm distracted. If it's really good, <laughs> I'm distracted <laughs> because I'm dig- I'm paying attention to what's going on. You know, so it's it's a tough one for me. Um, for me, worship happens in the car. Hmm. There's a song right now called "Good Good Father." Yeah, kind of making its way through the charts, uh, you know, wherever. It's it's a it's a fantastic song. We actually just recorded it. It'll be on the new live record that'll be out November. Um, Just uh, it was one of those songs that I didn't grab grab onto right away because of its simplicity, and I I was looking for more. (laughs) But its simplicity is the beauty of it. Um, And uh, that song has 
I've cried driving down Arthur K. Bolton many times mm-hmm. listening to that song. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's that. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not I'm saved plus all this other stuff I need to do to be right with God. It's no. He just loves me. He's my father. He's good. I'm, mm-hmm. Who I am is not drummer for crowns, father to, you know, Brady and Max, husband and I. I mean, those are things that I am, but that's not who I am. Who I am is I'm loved by God. Like, that's the thing that can never be taken away. You know, tragedies happen, bands break up, stuff happens. But the one thing in your life that can never be taken away from you is that God loves you. Hmm. Um, and that's the type of stuff you need to identify yourself by. Yes. Um, this world is a wreck because people want to be different different things than just that. You know, and yes. so when, when that falls apart, well, life's over. You know, or I spend my life trying to be something, work hard at it, when really God just already has a good plan for me because he loves me. So whatever that plan is, I just want to kind of wait for that and let him do it. That's beautiful. That really is. And it is interesting that you say that because there are, you know, you were talking about people working so hard to get places. And then oftentimes once we do, we realize that it's not what we were looking for. It it doesn't like it feels it sort of feels satisfying for a little while. And then the satisfaction Mm -hmm. goes away because there is still that hole that only God can fill. Only God can fill. And there's the, the how he fills it is when you know, well, I'm doing what God told me to do. <laughs> Just yes. like in your marriage, like when you marry the person that God, that you know God led you to marry because you married her for the right reasons. Um, when you're having a fuss or when you're going through a, a <laughs> cr- crazy, weird, dry time in your marriage, uh-huh. well, then you don't start questioning and rethinking oh. and trying to back out and make yes. other plans. You just go, well, I'm just doing what God, it's, it's on him because here I am. I'm doing what he asked me to do. Because nothing will ever fulfill you with its, um, the fruits of stuff will never fill you up. But when the fruits are dry and sour and things aren't good, even in what you're doing, when you thought it's what you wanted, you just go, well, God, you got me here, so Hmm. make it sweet again. You know, I'm waiting on you. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time, sharing your heart, being real. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate you just kind of letting your hair down with us. Well, thanks. You're a great interviewer. You took the time to let me talk about all that (laughs) random stuff. I love getting into the (laughs) random stuff. That's the interesting stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was great. Thanks for for, uh, the interview for sure. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And uh, once again, uh, Casting Crowns is coming out with their uh, live worship experience album on November 13th. So uh, go check that out. Also, if this is your first time visiting Sounding the Light, thank you so much again. I loved having you. And uh, if you have some time, go check around um, on the rest of the site. There are some really great artists that have come and taken the time to share their heart and their music. Yeah, and if also if you would like to subscribe to the Sounding the Light podcast, you can click on the red subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Sounding the Light uh, every other Friday. Sounding the Light is also featured on 90.7, 91.7 New Life FM. If you are in the South Atlanta area, you can listen. If you are not and you would still like to listen in, 
uh, you can go to the home page of Sounding the Light, click on where the pictures scroll through, click on the New Mornings banner, and you will get taken to a place where you can live stream. Once again, that is every other Friday morning between 8 and 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. I get to join uh, host Pete Shagnon. We have a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes we also have some of our Sounding the Light guests live there in the studio with us. It's really great. So I hope you can take the time to listen with us there too. I hope you have a wonderful day and uh, come back again soon. We will have another new guest on SoundingTheLight.com. God bless. <laughs>